Welcome to the Independent Thinking Show for Fifth Thrist Radio. This is a place dedicated to showcasing the great people doing interesting things in the world of horology. My name is Roman and today I'm flying as a solo host. But more interestingly, I do have a very cool guest for this episode and I'm very excited because this conversation has been a long time coming. So without further ado, please welcome Casper Reisner from Vitrium Watchers. Hello, Casper. How are you? Hello. Wow, thank you. That was quite the introduction. Thank you so much. Ah, it's it's very. It's it. We we were just chatting off mic uh, before we started the recording. We've been trying to tee up this conversation for a little while now, so this is very exciting. <laughs> yeah, I think it was June last year we started talking about it, and so mm. it never really materialized. So I'm really pleased to finally be able to be here. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, no, I'm it's a really listener good. as well. I've been listening to the podcast for a long time, so it's just an honor to uh, finally be able to be a part of it. So thank you oh, for that. Oh, thank you. That's very kind. And yeah, no, look, the, the honor is all ours. Always, if somebody's listening and enjoying it, that's all the honor we need, but that's awesome. Really glad to hear. And I was thinking, before we started recording this, you and I connected, we're going to talk about your watches, obviously, but I think you and I connected very soon after you put out the Instagram post must have been about your prototype of your first release. And you guys are about to do your yeah. second release now. So we got to catch you now before we you get to series nine or something. So, I, so I'm very excited. This is very yeah, timely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. So it's good to it's good that some time has passed because now we can talk about that watch, but also the next one in line. So absolutely, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's all about the journey. Look, as before, we have a very loose structure for the show, but we tend to anchor it with a drink, cho- drink check, wrist check, and we'll throw in a location check as well, because I think that will help people understand where you are and where nice. I am. So you're the guest of honor, of course. So maybe give us all of those. Thank you so much. Yeah, for the drink check, I'm it's one uh, thirty. So right now I'm not really into the alcohol, even though I'm sure. from Scandinavia. So I should be like <laughs> drinking meat by now. But I'm on uh, coffee. <laughs> I'm quite lovely. I'm quite passionate about coffee as well. There's something about that that I really enjoy the ritual of doing that. And then I have some water as well. So that's my drink check. Lovely. Sensible. Like it. Now, where are you based? You said Scandinavia. You've got to tease us. Give us a little bit closer location. Yeah, yeah that's that's true. What I would probably refer to as the uh, Detroit of uh, Scandinavia, Detroit of the North, uh, Anas. So it's, it's a small city in Denmark, probably like the sixth or seventh biggest city. There's not a lot of people living here, but it's an old right. industrial town. And uh, since then, all the industry has gone away. And now nothing's really happening here so i'm trying to do something make something new happen here so fantastic fantastic look always nice to to meet a watchmaker from denmark because i know we we had previous guests we had christian lass on the show obviously of course the oh yeah a hero of ours as well and there's the rich denmark has this really rich tradition of watchmaking through sort of the, the the Jurgensen dynasty and that kind of stuff. So it's always yes. nice when that and that comes back. The only claim for Denmark that we in Australia can claim is Princess Mary. And we tend to bring yeah. her up in conversation <laughs> every chance we get whenever an Australian meets a, a Danish person. Yes. We always we always bring we always bring Princess Mary into it. But that's lovely. So you're exactly well, on almost the other side of the world to me. Is there anything yeah. exciting on the wrist 
Oh, there's something really exciting I want to say Excellent. because actually today I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tease you a little bit right now because I'm going to Please. give you the story first. So this is controversial because it's what started everything for me, but it's only controversial in the watch community because on I'm actually dual wristing today. On Whoa. one wrist, I'm I have the uh, Apple Watch, which is it's hideous and it's it serves a purpose. But it was <laughs> what started everything for me was the Apple Watch, and people are rightly they rightly don't like the smartwatches and so on. But I really mm. think that that smartwatches was at the time a really good idea because it made people interested in watches, and it did for me as well. So I never really wore a watch, and then put on this Apple Watch, and when I got anxiety from all the notifications and all that. <laughs> And so my Apple Watch, <laughs> I had the feeling that I was missing something, that I was naked, just like going to the mall without your trousers or something like that. Right. So, so I went into <laughs> mechanical watches from there. <laughs> so that's right. one. Uh, and then the Excellent. other one is, is one of the early prototypes of the FH01 with the honeycomb dial. Mm, so this is delightful. in between the first release, which was, which was a different color scheme to the one we are uh, launching now, and then the new one, which is which has a more uh, has a much more uh, warmer palette, but this one is in between because we hadn't really nailed that color yet. So the, the, right. it's, it's it sits there in between. So I, I like to say it's a one point five. <laughs> yes, um, and I think you've got a picture yeah. of it on your Instagram as well, and we'll link it all up, yeah. of course. But yeah, people should definitely check up the the honeycomb one point five. Very cool. I have a very yeah, soft spot. Yeah, there's only one for, in, exist in existence. <laughs> yeah, I have a very soft spot for watchmakers and their prototype watches. I'm always very covetous. I always want the prototype watch because it doesn't have to be perfect. Oh. And in some ways, it's always when it's not perfect, it's the best because you can often see where the watchmaker was thinking, what they weren't happy with, or what ended up being changed in the final model. So they're very cool. I'm glad you're photographing yeah. those because that's it, it documents a journey in the watchmaking, which is really nice. That's really cool. Yeah. What you're saying there is quite true. If you talk to a real watchmaker who's really passionate about his products, you can tell if he's invested in them. Uh, if what the first thing he says is all the things that's wrong with the watch, watch yes, he's presenting yes. to you. So this one is really good. This this hand should have been larger, and we should have pushed right. you know, these letters to the side a little bit. So that's really funny. Yeah, yeah, it's mm -hmm. the best. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's one of those. Yeah, it's. I always find for me, I'm not a and I've talked about this on a podcast before. I'm not a technical person, so I care more about kind of the either the history of the thing or the reason why something is made the way it's made. And for me, that is the yeah. most precious thing, particularly in independent watchmaking. It's the why, it's the story. That's the most precious thing. So yeah, very cool. Very cool. And yeah. we will talk about the coffee because I, I do, I know you, you're a passionate coffee. You're passionate about your coffee. Once again, we had a previous yeah. guest, shout out to previous guest, Ruben Scoots, who's an Australian watchmaker, who was also into coffee in a big way. I don't know, but is it, oh, it, nice. maybe it's a ritualized process. Maybe it's that kind of everything has to be made in a particular yeah. way that tends to appeal to watchmakers maybe. I don't know. For, yeah, for me, there's a certain sense of, I don't know, like a, a Zen garden or something like that when you right. do the same rituals over and over again sure. and perfect certain sure. elements of it. Yeah. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. I can uh, feel the brother, same about enameling. Yeah. 
Sure. Uh, it's, it's oh, the same presumably thing. Presumably, yeah. yeah. I guess because there's both of them have to be, there's certain steps that you can't skip, right? It has to be, if you do coffee in a yeah. deep, if you do a deep dive, it's like everything has to, there's a method for everything and then you adjust minute, you always change very slight things and then you experiment and yeah. see how that goes. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Yes. Very cool. I'll do mine. Mine's not going to be as exciting. So it is, so it's one thirty or one. 50, whatever it is now in the afternoon. So it's closer to 10 p.m. Melbourne time. So I have my gin and tonic in a mug, which is the traditional drink oh, of choice nice. for this podcast. This is one of those rarer things where the time zones line up more in my, uh-huh. more advantageous yeah. to me. The last few podcasts I did yeah. here was like six, <laughs> six o'clock in the morning, my time, which is just not not great to drink for. On During the week, it's a bit hard. So anyway, I'm back on the gin and tonic. I'm very happy with that. Can I just say now, beautiful mug? Yeah, thank you. Yes, the the main thing about mugs like they're 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 opaque, so no one can really notice the levels. Yeah, <laughs> so you no. can still pretend that's, you're not drinking really as much good. as you really are. It's strategic mugs. One of the advantages from working Very from wise. home as well. <laughs> that's right, exactly. So drink is done. Location: I'm in Melbourne, Australia, which is now from Denmark almost as far as you can go without heading to, uh, to Canada and stuff. So Scandinavia is getting quite far there. Yeah. On the wrist, very tricky. to. I try to make my wrist check relevant to the guest. Now, I don't have one of your watches yet, at least, but I do have quite a number of enamel is a strong thing. I have a very strong affinity for enamel dial. So uh, the watch I have, I actually had a couple. I have an Anordane Model 2 on the desk with me, which is over here. So we've got that blue color. But that wasn't the watch I ended up doing. The watch I end up wearing is my James Lamb enamel piece, James Lamb oh, Origin Series, beautiful. which is, this is the first one James ever made. And once again, I have this very strong personal relationship to, to this watch because I remember talking to yeah. James as this watch was coming together and as the design was evolving. So it's very nice. And I'm not sure how to classify the next bit. For the first, I think, the first ever earring check on the podcast, I actually have a set of earrings that I got from your enameler, Naomi Neville. Yes. <laughs> I'm just dangling them in front of the thing. So these are the earrings wow. made by the same person who made the dials for the Vitrium watches. And I remember yeah. I was following her work. I discovered her work through you, through Vitrium. And I was oh, she had her own Instagram yeah. and we'll link to it and thing. And once again, there is a rich tradition of enameling in Australia, enamel jewellery, particularly in Australia. So earrings, necklaces, there's a master of enameling in Australia called Carolyn Del Zoppo, who was, she's the doyen of Australian enamel jewellery. I think she's done a lot of workshops and she might be internationally known. So I've got some pieces for, from Carolyn Del Zoppo for my wife early on in the relationship and think Carolyn doesn't really Mm -hmm. do she teaches doesn't make stuff as much, I believe. So yeah, I'm always on the lookout for new enamelers. So when I saw Naomi's earrings available, I'm like, oh, totally getting those. So it's a nice little triangulation of talent where you've got, yeah. I feel somewhat connected to the watch. Even without having your watch, I feel slightly connected to you across the world. And Naomi's, of course, in the UK. Uh, and I'm sure mm-hmm. we'll talk about her yeah. a little bit more. So that's a convoluted wrist earring check and i don't think we've ever done an earring check on the podcast so it's good to <laughs> expand into new world uh so there you go like i said there you go 
like I said, the, the, those earrings really, they, you know, they really complement you, right? They're really good ah, for you. So. They bring out the blue in my eyes. That's right. And the sparkle in my yes. smile. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly. I keep pretending they're for my wife. Sometimes you buy jewelry for you. And then you don't That's need true. to. You don't, we yeah. don't need to have an excuse. We can. We are man enough to have jewelry. Um, I should get my ears re-pierced then. Oh, we anyway, appreciate like a beautiful Correct. things, right? Absolutely. I, I think with all of these things, the more I, the longer I do this podcast, the more I appreciate the craftsmanship of people doing things themselves with their hands. So whether it's jewelry leather goods like wallets or belts, guitars, musical instruments, anything, candles. There is something really, truly magical, particularly for somebody who's not technical like me. There is something actually really wonderful in seeing the craftsmanship that people can do. And I think in any little way we can support that, and we certainly encourage that in our listeners, these things don't have to be big. They don't have to be expensive. That You just have to... If you can support a craftsman in their journey to do whatever it is they're doing and putting their passion into it, that is the most fulfilling thing. I yeah. think it's the most wonderful thing. Yeah, I feel the same way to be able to get something that is really special from a from a person who has honed his or her craft in several years, right? It's just something completely different from what... And in an age where everything is like, being made by computers, by, by yes. AI, and uh, you can pretty much do... You can do everything from your computer nowadays. I think the demand for handmade things and things that are full of errors and full of the touch of a human... Yes. Those, yes. those things are going to be scarce at some point. And, and I believe that there's a value there that you can't re- reproduce in, in the computer, for instance. Yeah, uh, yeah, 100% agree. And I think, I, I always think of the things, what you're actually buying when you get a handcrafted object, whatever that object is, you're getting the time that the maker put into both making it, but also all the learning that went into that maker's training yeah. and practice. And that's the irreplaceable thing. Because we can always get another yeah. possession, and particularly in this day and age, you cannot. Everything is one click away. You can always put something in your cart and pay with it yep. with you on your phone. And it's gone. But there is that that the slow yeah. accumulation of skill and knowledge, and then translating into an object is the precious thing. Ultimately, that is the precious. Yeah, thing. you're mm. exactly right. You mentioned the the enameling master in Australia. Naomi has been that is she was the last. Protégé, what's it called? Protégé of of, yeah. of, an, of, a, of a legendary enameler in, in, in Britain called Phil Barnes. Wow. He's no longer yeah, alive, wow. but, but, but she was the last one. And so mm. she taught, uh, she was taught everything in the old fashioned way. So how we yes. like, how we use the tools that we use are quite different from people who come into enameling now because we mm. use, we use feathers for applying our enamel. Just right. like they do in, in Fabergé and all sure, of the other yeah, yeah. big, yeah, very, very yeah, traditional yeah. Uh, enameling houses. So, yeah, yeah. so it's really good to to be able to to keep those traditions traditions alive. And I'm really honored to actually be able to do that and to talk with someone who has been taught it in that specific uh, way, in that particular way. It's really great. 
Yeah, amazing. Absolutely. And it's probably a good segue to maybe let's dive a little bit deeper into kind of your story and how you, yeah. where you come into this and how Vitrium started. And let, let, yeah, because I think that'd be really good to talk about that. Yeah, there are several like jigsaw puzzles to this story. Great. So I'll try and Great. start from one end. Sure. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I've right. been, I didn't come from the watch industry. I, I encountered the world of watches through buying a smartwatch because I was I was working as a video, video, videographer and a, a photographer for like, uh, I want to say 13 years. Oh, wow. And okay. uh, it started wow. as a passion. It started as a big passion of mine, but it as as soon as I started making money off of it, uh, it became this thing that was very unfulfilling for me. So I was I was sat there in this uh, glass house, which was my office at the time, and All I right. was uh, doing these product videos for a company. And uh, it was I was like doing hundreds of product videos each month, and it just I didn't really like it at all. I, I didn't like sure. it one bit. It wasn't fulfilling sure. at all. Sure. So there I was, almost getting anxiety from all the notifications every 30 seconds on my smartwatch. And I was like, sure. there's got to be a better way. And so Google and YouTube and its infinite wisdom and the algorithm that's in there, it looked at my stats. A guy in his late 20s, he's interested in watches. Let's show him a video of a cool watch. And so I stumbled across upon the, the watch finder channel and oh, know, yes. coming from oh, yes. cinematography, seeing a channel like that was quite eye opening. Okay. And it was the, I remember it this day was, it was the Alange und Söhne Datograph Perpetual. And, and I was just blown away. Sure. But, I was like blown away and I thought, I'm going to buy this watch and I'm going to buy it right now. And so Excellent. I went and researched <laughs> what the watch cost. Uh -huh. And I was like, no, I'm not going to buy this watch, <laughs> but perhaps I can just make my own or something like that. <laughs> wow. Interesting. So, okay. Wow. So, what a leap of faith. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. It, it was just a thing that I did for you know, creativity and to have sure. some outlet for all these creative thoughts. Yeah, of course. So I just started working with it and shared some of my ideas on, on social media. And then that led to a bunch of people writing me saying, that, well, when you make this watch, I'm going to buy it from you. And I was like, whoa, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can go from right. selling hot air uh, to people, to companies, mm. and actually selling a physical, tangible product. And wow. so that was the way in. Me being me, and I'm complete degenerate some, sometimes, <laughs> I, I decided I wanted to create something with my hands and put into my watch. So I went okay. to this expo in, in Copenhagen. It was this expo for watches. And the representative there from Vachon Constantin, she looked mm -hmm. and she said, making something for your own watch, that's a good idea, but promise me one thing. Promise me that you won't be making enamel dials. Only crazy right. people make enamel dials. <laughs> and so on the way home, I, I purchased my enameling kiln because I knew that right then and there wow. I needed to start enameling. Because wow. my thinking is if everybody is steering away from it because only crazy people do it, then not a lot sure. of people are actually doing it. I later found sure. out why, but that was how I got into that. Wow. So. Wow. 
So, so your first purchase was so. So I, I'm following it all the way along, all the way to buying the kiln. So I understand that I want to yeah. make a watch. I want to make it special. <laughs> I want to do something with my hands. I, I'm with you every yes. step of the way. The, the bit where you lose <laughs> me, or the bit that you and I would go different ways, is you went. So I would go. I wonder who I can get to do the enameling for me. Whereas you went, no, no, I'm just going to buy yeah. a kiln. Like, where does one buy a yeah. kiln? <laughs> so I, any sensible person would do. I just went online and searched for right. middle-aged women who, who made uh, jewelry. Right. Now, that's not a, <laughs> so, that's so not so a Google that search and... term we endorse on Fifth Wrist. But I'm just saying, so people can Google it, maybe just open a different tab. And that's not, we don't encourage, <laughs> that's not the official. Search terms, but if anyone's listening, you can do that. Just do it on your own time. Maybe don't do it at work. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not sure it's it's safe for work. Like I said, yeah, I was yeah. in this glass cage. And, you know, I can so see why they put you in a glass see. office. Yeah, I can yeah, see why they would yeah, put you so in a glass people office. People were able that. to see this. Yeah, <laughs> made some shady videos in my time, so that was that's not the worst, right? <laughs> The middle-aged woman no, no, kiln is worth. not the worst, right? Not the worst search, no. uh, search engine no. optimization, right? Gotcha. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So I quickly found out that enameling was quite hard. And um, yes. I hear it's that. running like, I don't know, 80 miles an hour into a brick wall. And then you mm. get up again and you change your direction slightly. Just yeah, And then you slam into the wall once again. <laughs> and right. at some point you're clear of the wall, but a sensible person would be stopping quite a quite a bit before that point. Oh yes, oh yes. Um, but uh, I never did that, and so that's why I'm where I am now. Yeah, a bit so, flat so, in maybe, my head, but uh, yes, yes. But the nose is broken, but you're still breathing, so that's the main thing. Mm. So yes. give us a bit of a time frame for when all of this is happening. So put us in the calendar years roughly when from so when you fell into the yeah. when did you find the datagraph to <laughs> the kiln to middle-aged women there's did doris a diagram <laughs> it must be it must have been 2018 okay uh, okay yeah somewhere around that time and okay. then i spent the whole of 2019 on trying and failing on enamelling and uh, right. I, I really like to. This is this is this, this probably sounds wrong, but I really like to fail spectacularly. Because mm. that means there's room, there's an opportunity for me to learn something about. Then yeah, maybe yeah. next time do it a little bit better. But at sure. some point, I was I reached a point where I could really use some guidance of how to do this. Sure. And so just like we have, just like we have communities for watches, and those mm -hmm. are amazing. So back in the day, it used to be like forums and stuff like that. Sure. Now it's Facebook yeah, yeah. groups. and yeah, There is that for uh, for enameling as well. And so I went there and I, I was like, hey, new kid on the block. I just want to know uh, what am I doing wrong here? <laughs> and they okay. told me some of the things that I was doing wrong. And then there was this girl who was from Wales. Was She was sharing her ideas as well. And she had this idea for a, a watch style. And I was mm. like, whoa, I need to. And then we came together right there. And so we, sure. we started Vitrium together from that. Yeah. But yeah. So it, this was Naomi. Be, never, I have yeah. to say that that must have been 
at the, right at the start of uh, COVID, just in 2020. So I spent like oh, perfect the timing. whole of, uh, perfect of 19 timing. just crashing my head into the brick wall. And the cool, oh, I guess it's, I, I guess it's cool. The way that, uh, you know, something that is isolated there, the whole world has actually brought mm. people closer together. That's funny how that works. But it, it, it was just the norm talking to people over over Skype and over Zoom yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, just, yeah, 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 yeah. So so distance wasn't a problem anymore. So she, she taught me. So we sent videos back and forth. Uh, what right. am I doing wrong here? And what's happening here? And how do I prepare this specific uh, enamel? Because one of the things that you, you don't know and you only really find out is how much preparation work there is before you can actually start enameling. Nice. Quite a lot. It, and I, I want to say it takes just as long to prepare for the enamel than to actually use the, the enamel on, on your piece. That's one of the things that you get wrong uh, just out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah, look, it's really interesting. It's always lovely when creative people find each other and can work together and work together to make something really beautiful like your watches are. There is something really yeah. magical about two minds coming together on a common project. Solo artists are great, but I think there is a particular alchemy to this joining yeah. of creativity across, particularly across continents or across yes. a vast distance. So you're right. The pandemic right. was yeah. in some ways, it helped to propel the humanity forward into this kind of learning to collaborate through a digital medium yes. in a much more yeah. accelerated way. Absolutely. When you got, So when you and Naomi started Vitrium, so tell us the division of labor. So does she do the dials? You do everything else. Do you both do the dials? What's the, how do the, and we'll talk about the dials in a moment. We'll talk about the models that you make, but to place it into ge geography for us. Yes. And that's actually, a, that's a good, that's a good question. Right now, at least, uh, Naomi is doing pretty much all the dials, but that has to right. do with the way that Naomi is and the, the kind of stuff that she, she does. Sure. Uh, she's the more extravagant, I want to say, of, of the two of us. I'm just, I'm, I'm a very, I'm a very Scandinavian guy, in the sense <laughs> that uh, you see all these uh, like brands, Skane or these really minimalistic Nordic right. minimalism kind of things. I'm not over there. I'm, okay. I'm very, I, I, I wear like beige and black and stuff like that, and right. she's okay. like very colorful and and uh, she loves to express herself. And she comes from a, she comes from a, I can hear the sirens. Uh, we knew the police a, were coming uh, for you at some point. It's lucky they, maybe, did we well, need to wrap is, up the podcast because uh, you got to go into the panic room? Or? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is fun if something always goes on like this. Listen, but, yeah, listen the but, only um, thing we know about. Back, yeah. There you go. Sorry. Her background no, 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 is, no, is in jewelry. Yeah. So, so she's, this is the way that she expresses herself is, is with colorful jewelry and enameling is really colorful. So it's yeah, like absolutely. nothing else really. And, and so that's where she comes from. And I'm, I, I like these very understated um, things that are elegant, but not too much. So, sure. so uh, the things that we're making right now is, is down her. It's, it's of course, her yeah. thing, really. Yeah, so we're closer the, uh, to her but, aesthetic kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Creative kind but, of output. But, uh, but, yeah. 
But how it started was actually is actually something that we are going to introduce later this year. So we have made this first watch. It was the in the rare handcraft we call it collection. So okay. those just really represent the very best that we can do, and so something that is very labor intensive, both in preparations because there's so many colors. It takes a long time to hand engrave every single piece. If you take a look at, for for example, the the Starry Night the Van Gogh yeah, yeah. dial that we did. Each and every brush stroke on that one has been meticulously mimicked by Naomi, who's hand engraved everything into a solid piece of silver. Yeah. And that one one piece of that one dial takes around a week or so to make. Wow. And wow. Uh, yeah, so it, it's just really labor intensive to do those. But of course. that's really her thing. She loves to do that. And if I didn't give her the opportunity to do that, she would go crazy. So, sure. Uh, right. Whereas, right. okay, I can do certain things, and I can enamel. I'm just more some of the more simple dials, some of the more understated dials. Understated, I'm, I'm yeah. Not simple, but understated, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really uh, there's still a lot of color. It's going to be simple colors, singular colors. I want to gotcha, say. gotcha. Uh, so not a lot of coloring and layering of different colors on top of each other. That's what really is quite time consuming in the way she works but sure yeah so that's in the core collection which will be we will be introducing later this year and this time a big drum roll and a big thing you'll be able to actually tell the time because it's going to be indices on the dial as well so that's quite new for us it's really groundbreaking stuff i know but uh, this time around you'll be able to see what the time is Listen, I didn't want to say anything because everyone's entitled to creativity and all of that. But and it, but there is a one of the reasons possibly I don't have one of your watches yet is that in the last maybe yeah. two years I've bought a number of watches without indices. Like I bought an Arcanaut from yeah. another, which is fantastic. I like, lo- love that watch from another Scandinavian. Crazy people in Scandinavia yeah. doing very cool things. Danish, um, actually, yeah. That's right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They, it's a whole renaissance, the Danish renaissance. They're back. It's like the Vikings are back. They're yep. taking over Europe horologically. Yeah, but it's one of those things where that watch is great for weekends in particular because when I don't need to yep. know exactly what time it is, I can vaguely know. it. You can read the time, but it's whereas your watches, in my yep. mind at least, are very dressy watches, which are they're beautiful. Yep. Indices for me, for, for an old man like me, would be wonderful. So that's really good. That's really exciting. But I guess everyone's, it's like anything, right? There's no absolute right, absolute wrong. Not having indices gives you a really wide canvas to do, let's say, the honeycomb pattern all the way across. There is something really beautiful about just the whole watch being a honeycomb or in the starry night. Yeah, I I guess it's a way of being able to focus on the art aspect of the dial. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Having a possibility to really make something that is eye-catching. I have a good story about this. So my my wife's uncle, who has been inspiring me for a long time, he was one of the ones also who inspired me to get into watches as well. He says it well. Yeah, there you go. He's always double-wristing like I am today. So he says, like, this Apple Watch, this Apple Watch, I used to tell the time, and this watch, I used to express myself. (laughs) Lovely. Isn't that beautiful? That is very nice. That is very uh, nice. So in a way, it's the, yeah, that's just the way. 
That's why all of us, that is why most watch collectors or people who wear a mechanical watch of some kind, we have moved far beyond the functionality of it now. You don't need it for function. It is very much, it's either it's an art piece, so you do that, or it's a nostalgia piece, so you wear it because it makes you feel younger or connects you to your father, grandfather. It's emotional rather than practical. For, for most people. Yeah. So I'm the other way. So I don't, so for example, I don't wear an Apple watch. It has zero appeal to me because it, it's almost too modern for me. I feel too connected to the world with an Apple watch. It's yeah. bad enough with a yeah. phone. So I'm very much zero <laughs> interest in the Apple watch, but but I love a mechanical watch. Just, yeah, it's just because for some reason it, it, it tickles the part of the brain for some reason that, that really works for me. Yeah, but but I, I do know quite a few people who wear both. It looks a bit funny. Who am I to judge? As long as people are getting there, as long as one of the two watches is mechanical or quartz for that matter, but not a non-smart digital watch, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. If, if I see somebody wearing two Apple watches or like an Apple watch <laughs> and a whoop, that's, that's the level of crazy I can't quite bridge. Everyone, look... Everyone to themselves. Yeah, There's no well, judgment here, I get, except for the Rolex. Wearer. I gotta but say, other than that, I, I, no judgment. I, I gotta say, I, I'm wearing this this Apple Watch both because it's a good story, right? It's what sure. started yeah, everything. It's, it's your it's origin a, story. It's yeah, your origin story. Uh, sure. And then at the same time, I really like to provoke, and I know that in this community, <laughs> a lot of these aficionados are really passionate about uh, mechanical watches and. Sure. <laughs> and the smart sure. watches are like the devil. So, oh, so yes. I, I just yes. find it I find it funny to sometimes poke a bit. But uh, yeah, yeah. these days I use my Apple Watch still, but I I only use it for uh, like workouts and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, so, sure, so sure. When this is over, I'm going to take it off and put it somewhere. Else. That's, that's but, fine. Uh, yeah, you, that's, you, um, you don't need to. You, you're fine. There's no judgment. That's <laughs> it. I, I'm always yeah. happy for people to surrender their personal data to Google or whoever. Yeah, who am yes. I? Who are you? Look, uh, listen, if people I, want I to I wasn't using it. No I wasn't using that anyway. No, that's fine. That's fine. Oh. Look, let's talk about your watches. So as, as we alluded yeah. to the very, very start, when we connected, you had, so Vitrium had just brought out the Honeycomb watch. That was your first Yes. First release, it was the Honeycomb watch and there was the Starry Night. Maybe tell us why those two particular designs. There was a watch actually I saw, maybe it was a one-off, the Nautilus watch. There was one with a Nautilus shell on the dial, which looked amazing. I don't know if it was a yeah. one-off piece or something. But maybe tell us why when you released it, why the Honeycomb, why that particular design and why of all the paintings you could do, Van Gogh or otherwise, why the Starry Night was a particular thing. How did those two models come yeah. together? So it came together. The thing is, what we have, Naomi and me, is the amalgamation of two things that are really different. And she comes from this jewelry thing, and she has these Mm -hmm. crazy ideas about colors and crazy geometric patterns and stuff like that. And I'm like, uh, can't we just have a a crazy black? (laughs) Right. Sure, uh, sure, sure. sure. Yeah. Uh, and so, so that's where the idea for the, if we take the honeycomb, for instance, she yes. made already, she'd already made a jewelry line with the honeycomb, oh, with a honeycomb motif. Oh, interesting. And so that was one of the first things that we started jamming about, talking about, wouldn't it be sure. cool to put this into production somehow? And she was like, yeah, I've already made the sketch and I think wow. it's going to be really good. And I was like, cool. nah, I don't think people will buy this. It's 
It's too out there. <laughs> right, too crazy. Right, but, okay. Uh, yeah, but uh, it, it was, in fact, not too crazy, I don't think. Uh, when seeing yeah. it in person, it's, 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 it's definitely different. Um, and sure. There's something to be said about those uh, geometrical patterns. They really, uh, they really give you a certain, I don't know what to call it, but it's just, it, it just it calms you in a way that everything is in order and in a specific pattern that is repeated over yeah, and over. Yeah, sure. Just, just sure. like Guilloche and, and work like that. Yeah, you have yeah, that. Yeah. Um, so that's quite fun. And one of the cool things about the honeycomb was that you really had the sense that inside of each of these cells, <laughs> it's made with a technique called Champlevé. Which yes. is uh, making cell, putting cells into a, a piece of, of metal and then filling each of these mm. cells up with with enamel. And the cool thing about that is, is 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 that it looks like you you have honey inside of the honeycomb. Yes, but yes. really you have that feeling of, of of this is actually real. But it's yeah, and mm. enamel is very three dimensional in its look. You can peek through the trans, transparent enamel and see the silver beneath it, which has all, also been hand-engraved. And so you have these individual cells. Each of them have a, a sunburst pattern that has been hand-engraved mm. into each cell. And then as the light hits uh, the, the watch, you can just see how it changes and how it bounces the light in different ways. And mm. hand engraving really brings out that in a special way compared to if you use like a tool, if you lose, use like a CNC machine or something like sure. that. Um, sure. You, you don't get the same with the hand engraving. It's, it has a different depth to it. And, and so yes. you really have bouncing light all over the place. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's, it, and then we made five of the first one. Each of those five were very different because they were put in at random. These different shades of honey gold. Oh, so okay. We had different. I was ask. So it was how do I feel today? So do yes, I want sure. to put this color here or over here? <laughs> sure. It reminds sure, sure, sure. you about. It, it, it reminds you of those those drawings that you can make. Like what are they called? The Where color by numbers. The, yeah, fill in by numbers. Yeah, fill in yeah. these. Um, yeah, paint by numbers. Yeah, you have that same satisfaction when you do that, and that's why yeah. I also when I talked about it, it reminds me of a Zen Zen garden or something like that. Sure. You have that same yeah, calmness yeah, yeah. when you sit there, sure. and it's it's really time consuming, and it really needs your total undivided attention and patience and all that. But at the same time, it's one of the most calming experiences there is to sit there in enamel. So that's why I got into it uh, as well. And uh, so I don't do yeah. the, the crazy ones like, yes. like I only do, yes, but yes. I have the same sensation when I do that, when I make my own dials. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'm always, once again, I'm not a maker. So I'm always fascinated by what people who make stuff, what they find calming. Because to me, that's the definition of stress, like trying to fill each of those little <laughs> cells. I, I, I could see my, I can feel myself tensing up. Every sphincter is tightening as you were talking about. And you're like, oh no, you go into a flow and you just, you need to breathe. And you're like, for me, that is that. It's just, yeah. but it's, yeah, we're, we're all different. And it, I'm glad you found your niche. I'm very glad for that. So when you made those five, so the reason you made the honeycomb, you made five of those and they're obviously sold, yeah. sold out. Yep. How did you come up with the dimensions of those? So we should mention there, Salita, mechanical or automatic? What was the movement? Can you remind me? 
Yeah. So the movement inside is the, it's a Salita based watch. So it's the hand wound uh, yep. SW210. So yeah. when I started, I just had this idea that the watch has to have these dimensions. And so I went to someone who was able to kind of draw that out for me and do the technical okay. drawings. Right. And I just said, well, I think I want this movement inside. And mm -hmm. he knew what the dimensions of that would be. And so he made all the, the different uh, technical drawings for it. Yeah, and the so, clearances so and the heights the, and all that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, not not so surprising. Everything that I had made was completely off. So it was good to get that guy involved. Yes, sometimes in some you need technical expertise. Being an artist is yes. fine, but sometimes somebody needs to make the canvas. That's right. Yes, yes. Yeah. You're good to constrain this up, right? That's true. Is, is there a challenge? I know with Salise, Salise is a very reliable movement, works great. And obviously, with this watch, the creativity of the dial is really the main canvas which you express the creativity so the movement is great is the enamel is the thickness of the dial does that create a challenge where you have to have a longer pinion for the hands and all that kind of stuff because i would imagine that adds it's not just an off-the-shelf kind of boom yes. it's ready to go i presume you have to make adjustments that's actually a really good question because yes that's that mm. really presents a, a problem or a challenge i guess mm. you could call it so the thing is, because the, the dial is so thick, normally you have mm -hmm. a, a dial is probably like 0.4 millimeters or something like that. Our dials are more than one millimeter tall. Right. So wow. you, okay. have to, you have to compensate for that. And that sure. means that the whole bezel assembly is going to be thicker. And so, you, so, so it really, it has a huge impact on not only how the pinion needs to you know, have a certain length and... Sure. And how and how the bezel is going to look from the profile of the watch is going yeah, to yeah, yeah, of course. look a certain way. So our bezels are a little bit taller than normal, but that's just how I guess it is. And yeah. because our watch is very thin, the, uh, the crown is also very low compared to uh, to the rest of the watch. Oh, that's just how it is because the uh, yeah because the, the dial is thicker yeah so and the bezel is higher that's right so it pushes yeah, everything up that way so, yeah yeah so we'd have to make the watch artificially thicker to to balance that out and so we, okay. we decided right. not to do that sure so yeah <laughs> so yeah it really presents some something some some things that are quite challenging for you if you are just taking an off-the-shelf component a case and just putting in a dial you can't really do that at the start no, when i was sure. uh, trying this out i was i would buy a bunch of different really cheap watches and just grabbing sure. the dial from there grind those down and put enamel on there okay. to no surprise it never really worked out but sure. that's how i started getting the yeah, whole yeah, flow. Yeah, yeah. yeah sure um so yeah but it really it presents a lot of big challenge um, and so sure. that's one of the reasons why you have to build everything from the bottom up so mm. that's what we had to do as well of course so no yeah. that's good thank, yeah thank you for sharing the story that that that's really it's really interesting always good to follow kind of nothing happens without forethought so all the design elements i like hearing stories about how all the different design elements get thought about and yeah. come together so who puts the watches together? Because you're not a watchmaker by training. You're an enameler no. now and you're a video. How do the watches come together? So Naomi, let's say with the honeycomb ones, so Naomi makes the dials. 
where does the yeah. watch come together? We have a local we have a local uh, watchmaker associated with us, but uh, so you're local to her. No, local you guys to me. Are so so because you, you guys are in different is, countries. Uh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, that's a funny thing. Everything is local yeah, yeah. now, right? Yeah, yeah. Pan global. So far. It's a pan global company. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. No, but it's local to uh, this town, Panos. So right, okay. he's able to do that and also service the movements and stuff Fantastic. like that. Okay. But cool. at, at some point, it is my dream to have everything in-house so I don't have to call upon people from outside to uh, to help me. Sure. But yeah, that's that really is. Yeah, so everything is, we want to do as much as possible in-house. For now, it's the dials. At some point, we want to create our own components as well for the case and stuff like that. Sure, sure. That, that's really a goal for us to be able to do that. And uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe in a couple of years, we'll be there. It's got, probably going to be quite a while be, before we make our own movements, but it's never. It's always good to dream, right? So... Sure. Yeah, absolutely. There's no, in some ways, there's no limit to what you can do. It's just, I think the trick is always with independent watchmakers is to have a plan to step it up gradually. I really like what you do now. I think you've got this clearly defined design language and you're clearly resonating with the people who are discovering your work. So that's, so to start with the dials, having a unique dial is perfect. Then if you add a case, that is your own. That's also great. And then you slowly build up. And if there is yeah. in future, if there's demand and you think there's value in having your own movement, because it lets you do different things, a thinner case, a thicker case, a bigger movement, different yeah. shape, whatever, then yeah, that's the evolution. The The, the trick I it's, find is not to do too much at once kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. But there's, there's, you're right about that. If you if if you're doing everything badly, but you're doing doing everything, then it's not. Yeah, the, correct. Really doing everything it. is not the trick. Doing everything well is is the challenge. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Doing what you do, yeah, that's true. Mm. And and there's also something to be said about doing uh, certain components for yourself, especially when you're doing like small batches and stuff like that. Uh, of course, like we can do like one-off things, and it it doesn't really take that much from us. Uh, we can sure. do that, and it's not really a problem. Whereas if you order, I don't know, three hundred watch styles from, from somewhere that's sure. a big investment so of course so in terms of that we're able to create something that is low in quantity and high in quality obviously and and then we can make certain things to certain customers that will be bespoke or at least uh, yeah. like one of one yeah yeah so that's okay. really the strength of doing your own components like that of course yeah. of course yeah so and, I, and also yeah, I'm also no, no, no. really excited about the prospect of doing some more, some more. What's the word? Watches with a broader appeal, like the core collection that's coming out. Sure, uh, because that will, like I said, it it will have indices as well, so you can fill the time and all that. Yeah, yeah, uh, and 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 the indices on that are quite special. I send you a yeah, picture yeah. of that too. Cool. Those will be quite good. And at some point, we'll be able to make dials with indices that are specific to the person who orders it. So, sure. So, so this is not something that we're doing right now. But to have your like, our dream is to have like custom indices for a custom project. So yeah, very so cool. Is, yeah. 
One of the things I always ask annoying questions, and I'm sure the most annoying question for any independent watchmaker is, do you do customizations? You've answered that now, but I'm sure that's, you know, that you must get bombarded with requests. People now go, oh, I like the honeycomb. Can you do this? But in a, in a dot, like, can you do this, yeah. but with sharks instead of honeycombs or whatever the uh, MC Escher patterns instead of whatever. So I'm sure that's yeah. a bang. <laughs> your existence uh, that's certainly coming that's certainly coming in a big way i think in in, in next year i think we'll do that yeah, a little sure. bit more now we're just focusing on what we do right now but uh, yeah uh, i like the idea that you're able to preserve i don't know now i'm just thinking of the copyright but uh, if there's a certain person who means a lot to you and you want to keep that memory of that person you could take his handwriting and put it into a something like that is quite special to me i i, sure. I wish i could have done that myself so, so don't yeah. give a, so, don't so give away i want to do that many at some point yeah maybe you can I mean, there is, <laughs> yeah that's a, yeah sure we can there is <laughs> i always think it's really interesting because it's again, it's like anything. It's a two, it's a double-edged sword. So in some ways, if I think about not just watches, but let's say art, let's say if we just expand watches to just painting, for example, if you think about the great painters, they had an idea. So nobody came to Picasso and said, I like what you did here, but can you, instead of the blue period, can you make it pink and put an X in the middle and my wife's name in the, <laughs> in the corner, right? That's yeah. not it. People just went, oh, he's an artist or she's, or Sonia Delaunay, we know she had this, interesting color things you know nobody said to her i like this but can you change the purple to the green and that move this here instead of circles people bought into the idea of the artist being yeah. the artist and i really a part of me really likes that so i like a watchmaker who has a clear idea of what they're trying to do a bit like you naomi likes color if you force her not to do color she will not be happy right so you have to accommodate sure. the creative <laughs> urge whereas if you tell her People like the honeycomb, but just make it black. She's not going to be happy. I would yeah. imagine. I don't. I've never. I've interacted with them when I did the interviews. I wasn't bold enough to suggest. Can you do these? But in a different way. Like I'm happy to buy into the process. Mm. I do understand the yeah. appeal of the customization as well, but I think the best customization is when you see what the maker, what the artist can do, and just yeah. have a tweak that is still their design that you are contributing to rather than completely taking over that there is like a fine balance and of course people will be different so yeah i like seeing a core yeah. collection a core collection is great because then that shows me what you like you as a maker what your creativity is and then we can fiddle around with the edges around the edges but yep. i personally yep. i like a maker who can tell you why this looks like this you know like why it's made like that so that's yeah. cool to me that's the special thing Special source. Yeah, that's true. I don't think we'll be making a special one of bespoke edition of some of these, the honeycomb or... or yeah, like a vitri... Yeah, I think but if someone comes to, be... to you and says, I want a... Yeah, someone says, I want a vitrium Daytona dial. That, I don't know, like... <laughs> ho hopefully no. not Hopefully not one of our listeners. <laughs> Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Daytona is a good. It's it's a nice watch, but it's just not in our DNA to look like that. Yes, but, that's um, sure. That's yeah. what I mean. That's I, right. I yep, that's right. That's what I mean. That's what <laughs> so, I mean. So, yeah, I completely agree. And we wouldn't say we wouldn't take like a masterpiece like Van Gogh and make it sure. like completely different colors. 
Yeah, can uh, you make it better? Something about that. <laughs> yeah, can you just improve that, please? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, but but doing something that is inspired by the customer itself, himself sure. or herself, that, sure. that would be fun to do. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud, but you, you could like yeah, be inspired by her favorite colors or his favorite, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know, sure. texture from nature or something like that. Sure. Uh, but yeah. But, I mean, I mean, it has it's to be great. made in collaboration with them. Yes, yeah, of course. No, it's a credit to you guys that you, or to you and Naomi, that you are prepared to entertain collaboration and kind of customization. Because that, because I imagine that kind of adds, because everything has to be designed and like it slows down the the process in some ways. But that's tribute to it you does. that yeah. that you do that. I, I was actually thinking about the Starry Night, which is a dial that I find like really beautiful, just the execution of it. Yeah. Is there any issues from the Van Gogh, I don't know, foundation or something about using the design? That's not a problem. I wondered whether that has any sort of issues using a Starry Night, the painting, to make a watch dial. No, uh, there isn't. Oh, um, great. But, okay. yeah, I've had this question uh, a few times, but uh, oh, as long okay. you make something that is inspired by a piece of art. And there's been quite yes. a number of Starry Night watches as well. So, yeah, okay. it's... Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. As, as long as it's in the public domain and this... Uh, yeah, yeah, as long this... as you're not saying... I guess as long as you're not claiming the dial was made by Van, Vincent van Gogh himself, I guess that exactly, would be yeah. the problem, right? Yes, yeah. Well, that's mm-hmm. I don't know any other... I can't think of another Van Gogh... Watch dial. I can think of Gustav Klimt. You know, the, 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 the kiss that was a JLC made a clock, made a clock. I think it was an Atmos Actually, clock that been, was housed in the cabinet. I think the Starry Night has been made as a dial quite a few okay. times. Oh, right. Okay. I think there was one from, what's his name? Benjamin G. Uh, oh, in, yes. Yeah. No, you're right. Yes. I uh, know which. I, he, I was, know the maker. he was okay. in GPHG uh, a couple of years yes, back. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a piece um, with uh, Sven Andersen now. They've got this world timer now yeah. coming through as well. So, yeah, the, okay. Usually it's made with the cloisonne uh, uh, technique, yes. which is made with, uh, with, with, with the, the gold wires. Yes, but yes, what yes, we yes. did was quite different. So we made it as we made it without the wires, and we felt like that was more true to how the actual painting looked. Because yeah, the yeah, brush yeah. strokes and yeah, 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 sure. So, so we went in, in a different direction to everybody else. I sure. feel like that was a good idea for that particular dial. Yeah, it does. I mean, that I really like the honeycomb dial. I think the Starry Night is like an amazing piece of craftsmanship because it's an engraved silver dial that's then hand painted, hand enamel. Like it, the texture is magnificent. Like that, that is like a tour de force or whatever the, yeah. the right term is like that's an amazing it's a really beautiful piece of work so so the honeycomb 1.0 i guess we'll call it now and the starry night were the first collection so you did five of each yeah so and now and so now we're moving to honeycomb 2.0 now that's available now is it it's pre-orders now isn't it Yes, it is. Right. So, so you're able, you're still able to pre-order. It's, there are a few left on our website, and you are able to pre-order it. The difference from the earlier ones and this new one is that the 2.0 has a much warmer palette, 
So mm-hmm. you have some of the, uh, I want to say, more orangey, golden uh, colors in mm-hmm. there instead of the, the more pale, yellowy colors. Mm-hmm. And so it, it really looks quite different. And when you put them side to side, you can really see a big difference in the two. Right. And I feel I feel like it's more it's more of a, a honey color this time around, whereas before right. it was just it was akin to honey, but it wasn't really. So now it's more l- close to how it would look. Yeah. So yeah. Le- so late summer honey versus the early spring honey. Yes. Let's, let's exactly. paint a picture. Yep. Let's paint a picture. Right? Yeah. So, but yeah, it's that kind of thing. No, I know what you mean though. So I know what you mean. So with the two point the, the pre orders, is that a limited series? Is it a unlimited? series in terms of it's limited by the skill it takes to produce, but you're not limiting the numbers? Or is it actually a numbered limited series? How does that work for you guys? It is a limited series. Every watch in the the rare handcrafts are going to be limited. But but, uh, yeah, we're just putting a number on it and saying that it's this time around we are making 10 times as many. So we're making 50. You're making Uh, 50, right? It's quite a lot. Sure. And then then we have, yeah. So you go, sorry, apologies. Yeah, you go. And yeah, and so they are available now on our website. And then we have a different one that's coming out soon. And it's also, if you like the, if you like the Starry Night, you're probably going to like this one as well. It's, we call it the Storm and Sea. So it's, it's a transparent, like grayish blue canvas where you can see the, you can see the silver underneath this very transparent enamel. And then you have blues and greens in combination that really make these really dreamy motifs on, on the dial. And each of them okay, have been, wow. we're making five of those and they're mm. going to be very different. So they're like a hand-drawn sketch of how Naomi feels cool. at that particular time. So, yeah, so they're going awesome. to be really special. It, it's a combination of, uh, it's been inspired by Japanese art from the Edo period. So something like okay. we all see like the Hokusai great, kind of thing, the great the, wave, the, the yeah. Hokusai, yeah. yeah. So like big waves and 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 yeah, those kind of shapes, okay. and that also cool. ties really well together with 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 Van Gogh because it's close there as well in terms of inspiration. And so cool. that's part of the inspiration. And then because obviously she's living in in Wales, so she's putting yes. a lot of that into it as well. So it's really it's inspired by the. Uh, the rainy pitter patter on her uh, on her windows and stuff like that when she looks out sure. and sees all these things, and so it's a combination of Japanese art and w- Welsh nature, and it's uh, it's really something else. It's hard Very to cool. explain because it's a podcast, so it's a. But uh, yes, it's not a visual yeah, medium. Really sure, have sure. A look at it. <laughs> sure, we're, we're, we're we're if the pictures are up. Yep. Yeah, so we'll be launching this this week when now we're talking, but it's probably going to be launched when it's probably going to be launched when this. By the time you hear it, it'll be out. Yeah, by the time you hear this, people, it will be out, and we'll link to it, of course, on on, in the show notes and stuff. So Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So that's really special to us, and then we have one more actually because we we are in we are artists, so we want to make something that is quite special. Sure. Sure. And so the next one, you mentioned it earlier with the, I don't want to call it Nautilus because that has certain connotations. Yeah, like, uh, yeah so Nautilus, we should say Nautilus, the mollusk, 
not Nautilus, yes. the 5711 so, Tiffany Blue monstrosity thing. Well, oh, yes, no. sorry. Yes, you go. Yes. So, <laughs> sorry. so it's, more, yes, it's, much more, it's much more like an ammonite, like, you know, the, the fossil. Ammonite. That's the word. Ammonite. That's the word. Yeah. Yeah. But in the beginning, we called it the Nautilus, but we, we knew that it was it was not the right word for it. Yeah, if people in, were searching watch. Nautilus watch, yours wouldn't be the first one coming up in the Google search. That's very true. <laughs> exactly. And, and that dial is really special as well. And in terms of how long that takes to make, that this one really takes the cake. You have this have this really beautiful pattern of almost like a fingerprint pattern in there, in the right. shell bit. And then there's right. a blue pattern as well, which has been hand engraved in a sort of chipped pattern. And it, it really is very special. And it's also a champlevy, just like the honeycomb, mm. but it's in a very different and very organic, uh, organic motif. We're going to make five of those as well. I was going to say, so, I was going to ask you that one, yeah. that dial is amazing. I... Maybe maybe I shouldn't say that out loud. I did see that dial in process being made by Naomi, and I did actually reach out to her to say, yeah. just checking whether that's a dial, because I didn't know that was for your series of watches. I, I thought she was just making an extra dial on the side. I said, any chance that dial's available? She said, no, it's a project. I'm like, all right, I was, yeah. That dial is spectacular. That is, that is amazing. That is how, it's an amazing piece of skin. That is how all of these actually start, with right. crazy idea, and then... And then I'm always, I'm pretty much always there saying, I don't know, I don't really know. And she trust me, it's going to catch on. <laughs> and so we have right. this cool dynamic that, yeah, so we're trying out different really crazy things together. And it's really nice to see things come into fruition like this. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. So, so, yeah. So I'm really excited about the uh, Ammonite uh, that's coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel like it's going to be something quite special that you haven't really seen before either. So For sure. So, For yeah. sure. So will all of them be 39 millimeter case size? So all have the same case yes. size? Yep. Yep. Cool. Just ask. Yeah. Um, they'll they'll so, all be the same case. Um, so yep. everything will be the same except for the dial. Yeah. And what's the estimated build time? So you've got five ammonite pieces, five storm at sea pieces, I think, and, and 50 of the honeycomb 2.0. Over what period of time do you envisage this? If people pre-orders now, like when do you expect them to be made and ready and, and go? What's the build period for you guys? So right now we're looking oh, at uh, oh. the start of, of next year. So we'll be able okay. to, to, oh, uh, to delivering, de deliver them sort of January, February next year. I oh, wow. Believe yeah, that. yeah. And that's so, really close. That's amazing. That, that's still, so you'll be busy. You'll be busy till then, I bet. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. And do you want to but, talk but it prices? All, it all depends on certain things. Uh, always, um, always. For, for, for this time around, we'll do something a bit different. So we'll be, uh, just like when we launched the Honeycomb and Starry Night, we'll be offering them at a, at a slightly reduced price. So they'll be right. just below 4,000 euros. Okay. And wow. after the pre-order, it's going to be about 4,500, uh, something like right. that. Right. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. That's, I like that. That's really nice. I like the early patrons get a bit of love. That's very nice. That's a very nice yeah. gesture from you guys. That's really cool. Oh, that's really cool. All right. That's very exciting. That's 
love hearing stories like that because now I'm thinking back to that Ammonite dial going, oh, damn it, I haven't thought about it for a while. Yeah. Now I have to start thinking about it again. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry <laughs> it about is, that. It is spectac- no, um, it is spectacular. It is absolutely, people, we'll link it up in the notes. People should absolutely check them out. The honeycomb's lovely. It's going to be, the, I will say I that it's seen. going to be really hard to put indices on that one because it's so elaborate already. So, sure. so it's going to be really hard to put some indices on there. And so if we want to want to have a really legible piece of timekeeping equipment, that's probably not it. But it's really good at expressing yourself with. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, Apple Watch on the other wrist or iPhone, if you really want to, the second, yeah, they exactly. are very cool. Yeah. They are really cool. So we've got, we know the watches are coming. They'll be cool. Anything else you guys thinking about? Anything else you want to share? You're not thinking pens, clocks. Like I'm always thinking if there's anything you wanted to share. Because I know when I start talking to watchmakers, there's always, I'm doing this now, but I'm already thinking about three different lines. If no is fine as well, by the way. So (laughs) just so while I've got you here, Uh, I'm going to pump you for information. We've already already, uh, branched into earrings. That's good enough for now. I think so. uh, Yeah, right now we're just... Right now, we're just thinking about how we can make this watch more accessible to people and more with a broader appeal so that more people would like to. It takes a certain person to buy a watch that is so extravagant. And so, so what we're really interested, what we'll be really interested in seeing is how we can make a watch that is a bit more understated, a bit more interesting for the mass. For the masses. And also it comes in at a different price point as well. So that's going to be good. Uh, And uh, yeah, and seeing that because that was the whole, that was what started it all for me uh, personally. And the design that I had in mind um, from the get-go was Mm. that. And so seeing that, you know, those very special indices come to life and being put on a dial finally is going to be a big moment for me. So branching into... The core collection will be very interesting for me. And um, that's one of the things that yeah. I'm really looking forward to in the new years. And seeing those watches on, on people's wrists will be nice. It's Don't get me wrong. It's awesome to see like your watches out there and people really enjoying what you've made. But, uh, but it's going to be amazing to also see this thing that really started everything for me actually yeah, of come course. into fruition. Yeah, I, I can um, imagine. It would, yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm sure that will. Yeah, because you because what you have conceptually, if it resonates with other people, that is, it's a connection. It's the connection of minds. Yeah. That is, that is a very powerful thing. Um, one question I was going to ask. So, so you've made you've made five Starry Nights, and five Honeycomb One Point Ones. Who is the typical? I know they're all sold out. Who is the typical customer? Are they European? Are they based all over the world? Is there a Vitrium watch typical customer or is it too early to say? I always always wonder that with Indies. It's funny how, it's actually quite funny how how the distribution has been because I I had a feeling it was going to be from maybe certain countries, but there's just people from all over the world who enjoys these kinds of watches. Awesome. But, but yeah, this, we've sold a lot to American customers and a lot okay. from, from Asia and yeah, to, uh, yep. so it's, it's pretty much all over. It's not a lot from Europe yet, but, but it's coming. Yeah, I'm feeling it. When the core, collect, core collection comes out, that's going to be a banger for sure. I'm pretty sure about that. 
stuff. Yeah, it, it is interesting. Because watch cultures are somewhat different. They are blend. I feel this is an it's an ill-informed observation personally. Watch cultures are slowly blending into one uniform kind of thing, and I think that's the social media, Instagram, Instagramification yeah. of taste, where everything kind of blends. Uh, but that's cool. I was always lovely to hear that kind of watches fly all over the world because I always think it's good to have like your watch on a wrist in a different part of the world because more collectors get to see yeah. it at watch events and all that. So it is quite a nice, particularly for a small independent maker where you're not going to have a lot of points of sale, for example, or ADs. You want your collectors to be your ambassadors in the nicest possible way, you know, yeah. unpaid ambassadors, that kind of stuff. So that's cool. That's really exciting. One of the cool things about the, the customers that we have is that they're, they're really more interested about the art perspective and the technical uh, bits of inside of the watch so it's more about what this make what this watch makes them feel and and they really appreciate the time and effort that's put into making the watch and they're also appreciating mm. the art aspect of it this is bridging uh, the world of art and the world of, of horology in a very special way that i feel is yeah it's yeah, just yeah. really nice wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, I, I, and the people who buy it are completely great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The artistry is really beautiful. I'm sitting here looking at the James Lamb enamel dial and the Anne Ordain watch yeah. in front of me. And I always, whenever I look at an enamel dial, I always think of the 5, 10, 12 enamel dials that didn't make it because they didn't survive the firing yes. process and the <laughs> color wasn't right. So for every dial that's in your watch, I always think of this box of failed like a tin of failed dials yeah. back back next to the kiln that kind of thing so i always think of that it's because yeah because it's they're so special because the failure rate is so high they're concentrated successes if you like not concentrated failure if you want to be an enameler you have to have a really sick relationship with your failures because you really have to embrace the fact that you're going to fail quite a bit <laughs> and right. uh, yeah, right. and at some point it's just it happened again. Yay! <laughs> now on to the next one. But but yeah, we'll scrap a few of our dials because if something goes wrong, if you, I don't know, probably many of your listeners will know that enameling has a lot of these small processes that are in themselves mm. quite 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 simple to understand in isolation but when you put them right. all together and when you right. and you think of all the time a dial takes to make and the individual small processes that you know it really introduces a lot of possibility <laughs> to things going wrong and when things right. go wrong you have to either fix it or you have to you know scrap the dial you can fix right. certain things but but it, it comes at, at the cost of time, and so you have to really you have to really know how long this is going to take to fix, and sometimes right. it's just it's just not worth it. So, wow, yeah. see, I don't have patience. Then, that 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 would kill me. A little a little part of me would die every time. I couldn't deal with that. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure you, if you ever get the chance to talk to Naomi about this, she's, she would be able to tell you a lot more than I can about enameling, and sure. she has some. She has a lot of, of failures as well under her belt. So, so she yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, look, it's one of those things where I always think I'm glad somebody's crazy enough to do this because I would not be. I would, yeah. So I'm always, I'm full of admiration. I will support them in whatever way you can, but I definitely know that's not going to be for me. Can, can you actually, I always wondered, can you turn the failures into something? Like, can you make earrings out of the fail dials, key rings or something, or do they just go into scrap? I always wonder, can we save those things? Or they're just gone. I guess they could be used for certain things. I guess you could, like, I don't know, maybe you could send the season's greetings and then include, like, a, a failed Oh, dial that's cool. Like that, or that's anything. actually really nice. That's actually a really know, lovely like, thing. Something like that. Turn them into bookmarks, you yeah. know, or include one in, or, include one with the, fa- with the completed watch. You just send one. This one didn't make it. So you appreciate how special yours is because this one failed along the way. That could be something. I don't know. There is yeah, something yeah, really, yeah. there is something really beautiful about things that don't work out, if they're handmade. Yeah. You know, if there is something, yeah, captures a moment. Anyway, we're we're getting philosophical <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> yeah, and one of the cool things about this is it's our our constant strive for perfection. When especially watch enthusiasts will have this, uh, they're really particular about you know how they want their watch and especially the watch dial to be. And if there's a specific thing that they don't like, like it has small, sure. I don't know, imperfect, oh, tell imperfection you somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the thing about enameling is that you have to embrace that fact. It just is part and parcel of the whole handmade thing. Yeah, it's an uh, organic and, process. And, yeah. and, and you'll, you'll see that when you in, engrave things by hand, it's just going to be different than in, in a guilloche like a rose engine uh, lathe, like something like that. So it's just very different when it's handmade. Uh, and, and we yeah, kind yeah, of but... embrace that, that that aspect of it, that it's not perfect, but it's perfectly unperfect. It's just how well, it's, it's individual. Be, but, I uh, think it's, that's right. It's the human hands leaving yeah. a tangible evidence yes. of it being handed, made, made by hand, yes. which, which is lovely. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. And so well, that's what we really, well, look, it's been, really like about it. Yeah, look, I'm real. I'm so excited. We got, we finally connected and got to chat because I love hearing stories of the passion that drives these projects. On is for me definitely the most important thing. And if that's missing, if the passion is missing in the maker or creator or whatever, the project is always going to be doomed because either it's not going to be made because they won't yes. persevere or it won't find an audience. We can all hear the the passion in your voice and kind of the, the pride that you take in the stuff you make. And it is really wonderful yeah. to see when you and I connected. It's so exciting that you had like the Honeycomb watch and the Starry Night, but now there's a whole like plan. You've got Honeycomb 2, the Storm at Sea, you've got the Ammonite and you've already got the core collection. Like it's taking, you're building castles and it's, yeah, you're like, it's so cool. I'm so excited that we get to talk because I like, I love hearing that story and I'm sure our listeners, will, that will resonate a lot. So well done you well, and Naomi. So. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me here today. And it's been really a pleasure to talk about all these things. I'm not, it really resonates with me what you're saying now, because for me, it's not a question of how many of these watches can we sell. We're not making these watches to sell X amount. We're making these watches because we really care about it. And, And seeing these watches, 
on the wrists of people. It's just it's the icing on the cake. Uh, but um, what we're so happy about and, and feel so privileged about is that we get to make what we're passionate about. Uh, and that's really what drives us. And, and what comes next is going to be amazing. And the thing after that will be even better. And at some point, mm. we'll just uh, look back at this whole, whole journey and all the mistakes and all the horrible uh, failures that we've made and look back <laughs> at them with a certain amount of joy. I'm pretty sure about that. And, and obviously, it's, yeah, it's, for us, it's the journey more than the destination. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's, and you started this journey with a kiln, and now you've got watch dials. You've got watches to show for it. Many people buy a kiln and nothing ever happens. That would be certainly if I bought a kiln, nothing would ever happen. You've managed to turn the kiln yeah. into a watch, which is bravo to you, sir. So with everyone, whoever, so everyone listening now, we're recording this in September 2023. When this episode yeah. comes out, the watches will be live. We'll link them up in the show notes. So make sure you follow Vitrium Watches on Instagram at Vitrium Watches or and VitriumWatches.com. You can follow Naomi. She's Naomi Neville. That's Neville without an E at the end. And NNEnamel.com. So website, if you want to learn enameling, she does classes. She also does some of her jewelry. That's where I got the earrings. Highly recommended, whether your ears are pierced or not. As we discussed, we don't ask about what you do in your personal life. Thanks for tuning in. Casper, it's been awesome to talk to you. Thank you so much. Vitrine Watches. Brilliant. You too, man. Thank you so much for having me. 